Thank you for joining us for the True Life Fellowship Church podcast. Here is today's message from Pastor Devon Alexander. Hey everybody, welcome to church today. My name is Pastor Devon Alexander and I'm so excited about what's going to occur. We've already worshiped the Lord with our singing. We've honored him with our financial gifts. And now we are about to receive some direction straight from heaven. I want you to stand up right now and welcome my very special guest, Pastor Fred Jones. Come on, put your hands together. It is, it is an honor and a privilege to be here to stand before you, but before I do anything, I just feel that we need to open up the space to give God praise. Can we just worship God right now? Give him praise. He's been good. God has been good. He has kept us. He has kept our families. He has provided for us. God, we thank you. God, we worship you right now. God, you are worthy. You deserve the highest praise. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you. You're so worthy, Father. I came here today with an expectation to experience God. To have an encounter with God and everything that is happening in this place on today is just exceeding my expectations. Just seeing God through the praise and worship, through, through the messages on giving. God is in this place. God is available to each and every one of you. Whatever you need on today, God is, is here. I'm always excited when I'm able to come to this church. Uh, I have seen time and time again, you are a congregation that has a a hunger and a passion for the Word of God and it makes it easy to preach to you. You don't always get that everywhere you go. So it is an honor to be here. Thank you for inviting me and welcoming me. And I also want to give the honor to the shepherd of this house, Pastor Devon and Pastor Stacy. Can we just give them honor right now? He is truly one of my best friends that I have anytime that I need him, I can call him. He speaks into my life. You all have a great pastor. You are blessed here in this church. Um, you all, you can go ahead and take your seat. My family is here on today. I am so thankful that they... Because usually, most times when I come here, she still has obligations at our church. She sings on the uh, worship team, so she's usually there, but um, she is here along with my children, so I definitely want to acknowledge them and, and honor them in this place on today. Now, I won't be before you too long. Um, 
I'm going to tell you what type of preacher that I am. I, I like to hear you. I like for you to talk back to me. So if you hear something that you like, you can say amen. You can say thank you, Jesus. You can say any of those things. But I believe I want you to loosen up. I believe that we should enjoy coming into the house of God. I believe that we should have fun. So I'm not one of those preachers who are uptight, but we are going to go into the word of God and we are going to get what we need. Um, if you would turn with me to the gospel according to John. And we're going to be in chapter six. And I want to read verses 66 through 69. John chapter six. Verses 66. Through 69. And this is what it says. It says from that time, many of his disciples went back. And walk with him no more. Then Jesus said to the twelve, do you also want to go away? But Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Also, we have come to believe and know that you are Christ, the son of the living God. For just a little while, I want to speak. From the title, Jesus is the only option. Jesus is the only option. Can we bow our heads as we go to him in prayer? God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this time that you have allowed us to come together and praise your holy and righteous name. Father, we have experienced you on today. We have experienced you through song, God. But now it is time to experience you through your word. Father, and I ask right now that you would speak to us in a mighty way. Speak to us and give us exactly what we need through your word right now through the power of the Holy Spirit. I ask that you would, would stir faith up on the inside of us right now in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Allow us to open our hearts and our minds to your word. And Father, I especially need you. I cannot do this without you. What the people need on today, it is going to happen through you and through your power and not mine. So I decrease right now so that you can increase. Father, I ask that you would use me in a mighty way to preach your word, to change the lives of your people. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen and amen. Jesus is the only option right now with where we are here in uh, John chapter six. Jesus and his disciples, they have just arrived at their next destination and Jesus is on a boat. And as soon as Jesus steps off of the boat, the people are on Jesus like they don't give him any time to breathe or do anything. But they're right there on Jesus. And many times this would happen throughout the word of God. And when they see Jesus, they approach Jesus and they say, Jesus, where have you been? We've, we've been looking for you. We haven't seen you. Where have you been? And Jesus, I love how Jesus handles this situation, because if you look at Jesus, Jesus never acknowledges their question. The thing that I love about Jesus is Jesus never beats around the bush. Jesus is going to say what needs to be said, how it needs to be said. 
And what he says is, is he says this. He says that you all are just here and seeking me because you want something to eat. Jesus says that you saw what I did earlier and you want some more of the food, because if you read in uh, John chapter six, what has happened earlier is Jesus. The word says he's fed five thousand people, but it's more close when you include the women and the children. He's fed twenty thousand people from two fish and five loaves of bread. And it says that they even have leftovers. So they're looking for Jesus because they want some more of this free, good food. But Jesus uses this as an opportunity to teach. Jesus tells them that y'all are after the wrong things. He's letting them know that your hearts are not right. And the reason why you seek me and the reason why you're chasing after me, your motives are all wrong. He says, You want physical bread, but you should be wanting me. The real bread. He says that I am the bread of life. And he says that if you get some of this bread, which is me, which which is Jesus, he says that you'll never hunger again and you'll have eternal life. So Jesus says that you need to be seeking me, the real bread. And this is when things kind of go left. Because in this teaching, Jesus gets a little extreme in how he teaches. And Jesus says that I am the bread and you need to eat my flesh. And when the people hear this, the people are like, Jesus has lost his mind. Jesus is tripping right now. He wants me to be accountable, but 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 how are we going to eat his flesh? And they are starting to think to themselves that I'm not going to do this. And right now, some of the people have one foot out of the door and Jesus takes things even further. And Jesus says, not only do you have to eat my flesh, but you have to drink my blood. And if you do this, you will have eternal life. Now, you have to understand what Jesus is saying right now. He's already told them that you have to eat my flesh, but now he's saying that you have to drink my blood. To a Jewish individual, this would have been absolutely disgusting because they were not supposed to be around blood. They were not supposed to touch blood because it made them ceremoniously unclean. And so this is the craziest thing that Jesus could have said to them. But but Jesus is not telling them to to really eat his flesh and drink his blood. But what it is, it is a metaphor for believing in him. Jesus is saying that those who believe in me, I will remain in them and they will remain in me. This is what Jesus is saying. He's simply saying that you need to believe in me. But when the people hear that Jesus says that you need to eat my flesh and drink my blood, The word of God says that many of Jesus's disciples, they left. Jesus, we don't know this a lot of times because we always just focus on the 12. But Jesus had more than 12 disciples. So he says this and it says they follow him no more. It says that this is a hard teaching. He's gone too far and they left. And what the word of God says is that Jesus turns to the 12 and Jesus says to the 12, Jesus says that are you all going to leave too? Are you going to leave me and stop following me and stop trusting in me like they did? And how Peter responds is absolutely amazing. 
As soon as I read this, it, it, it gave me goosebumps. It caused chills to go down my spine. And I said, I have to preach on this because this is how Peter responds. Look at verse 68. When Jesus asked, do you also want to go to, away? Look at what uh, Simon, how he responds. But Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. So Peter says, no, Jesus, we don't want to leave. Where are we going to go? There's, there's not anything that's better than you. We don't have anybody else to follow. In other words, Peter is saying, Jesus, we do not have any other options. It doesn't get any better than you. You're it. And this is so powerful because Peter, he's being real and he's being genuine and he's being authentic because if they felt that there were other options, they would have left because Jesus gave them the opportunity to leave because Jesus, when he when he asked them, are you going to leave, too? That was their opportunity to leave, because this is what you will find about Jesus. He will never force himself upon you. He will never force his power and his blessings upon you. So he gives them the opportunity to leave. But Peter says, Jesus, you're it. We don't have anywhere else to go. And I want to ask you this question on a day. When it comes to this life and you getting what you really need, is Jesus your only option? Some of you may be dealing with some things right now in your life. With what you are dealing with, is Jesus the only option? Do you see Jesus as the only solution? Is he the only option? And when I say this, and I want you to be honest on today, I want you to be real with yourself because that is the only way that, that, that we can get what we need is to be real. So I want you to be real on today. You can't say when I ask if Jesus is the only option, you can't say yes, but. Because if you say yes, but that means that Jesus is not the only option. Are we like the disciples here in chapter six? Because I believe a lot of us can see ourselves in the disciples that left Jesus. We may not admit it with our mouths, but by our actions, a lot of times there are other options. For a lot of self-proclaimed Jesus followers. He's an option, but he's not the only option. For many of us, we are keeping our options open. And why do I say that? Because for some of us, money is an option. For some of us sitting in this place on today, there is an amount, whatever that amount is, many of us believe that if we get that amount, all of our problems are going to go away. We think that if we get this certain amount of money that we'll live happily ever after and we, we don't have to go through anything. As a matter of fact, some of us believe that money can do more things than Jesus. And a lot of times that's why we chase after money and not Jesus, because we see money as a better option. Not only is money an option, but people are an option. 
A lot of times when we're going through and we have problems, we will never go to Jesus. We will go to people, but we will not go to Jesus. We will go to social media and we will post, but we won't pray. And the hymnologist just said in his song, he says, oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry some things, but all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Some of us sitting in here today, we, we, we're saying that if I can just get a good man or a good woman. They will complete me. Listen, if you think there is somebody that can complete you, I'm telling you right now, your expectations are totally off. If you think there's somebody in here that, 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 that can complete you, you are going to be disappointed. You are putting an expectation on that person that you should not. If you're saying to yourself, I'm going to find somebody who makes me happy, you're putting an unreal expectation on other people. But we feel that is an option. We want a companion more than we want a savior. We say to ourselves that if I can get in this circle, if I can rub shoulders with these people and, and, and get to know these people, that they'll open up more doors and I'll have more options. We've gotten to a point in our lives that we'll do anything for people we think will benefit us, but we won't do anything for Jesus. So money is an option. People are an option. And I hope I don't offend anybody with this next one. But objects are an option. What do I mean by that? Things like I'm going to be healed or I'm going to keep all this negative energy away or I'm going to run the enemy off with a bracelet that I bought off of the Internet. It says this is what it does. So I believe this is what it does. And so I'm going to buy these things and I'm going to put these things on or my birthstone is going to bring me good luck or my sign is going to tell me my future or these cars are going to tell me my future. And see, we don't want to acknowledge this. We think that these things are just happening in witches and soothsayers and devil worshippers homes. But I'm telling you right now that this has become very popular in Christian circles. That we have started to put our faith in a piece of jewelry or a stone and not Jesus. I saw a video the other day of a, of a woman who was a Christian and she was mopping her home and she was putting cinnamon and she was putting salt in the water, cleansing her home of spirits. I've even seen where, again, Jesus followers, people who say they are saved, where they will begin to burn sage in their house. I'm telling you right now that that will not drive the evil that will drive, drive Satan out of your home or your marriage or get his hands over your children. The only thing that will drive out Satan is the name and the power of Jesus. There is no other option. And if I want to be real on today, when you look at the times that we live in, everything is an option at this point in time. If it feels good, it's an option. If it sounds good, it's an option. If it's accepted by the masses, it is an option on today. If it gets us what we want and, you know, we can have it and we can do it as long as it doesn't hurt anybody. It's all an option, even if God says that it's not an option. It's Jesus. Your only option in this life. 
but not just in this life. But is Jesus your only option for eternal life? When you take your last breath, when you close your eyes for the last time, is Jesus your only option to eternal life and to be with God? Because the world has convinced us that there are other options besides Jesus. That if I could just be a good person, if I can just be nice to people or, you know, I can just give to charity, I can get into heaven. They have convinced us that good works will earn us salvation. The world has convinced us with their foolishness that there are many ways to God. He is a big God, so there are many ways to God. There's no way in the world that a God that big that there could only be one way to God. They have convinced us that there are other options. They even have convinced us that every religion is the same. We're all on different roads, but we we end up in the same destination, which is God. They tell us that there is no difference between the Hindu and the Buddhist and the Christian. They all lead to the same place, which is the truth, and that is God. And I'm telling you right now, it sounds good, but that is a lie. And if we believe it, I'm just going to be honest. I know we don't like hearing this on today, but that is going to lead a lot of people to hell. Because this is what the truth of God's word says. The truth of God's word says this. Jesus said this. Jesus said that I am the door. He says by me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. Jesus said this. I don't care what the world says. I don't care what you think. But the word of God says this. Jesus says that I am the way, the truth, and the life. He says no man comes to the Father but by me. There is no other option to eternal life but Jesus. There is another op- no other option for your soul except for Jesus. Jesus is the only option on today. But you'll never believe it. You'll never accept it if you don't see him the way that you need to see him. Do you know why Peter said what he said? Lord, we don't have anywhere else to go. There are no other options. Do you know why he said that? It's because of how he saw Jesus. Look at verse 68 and 69. I'm going to read the second part. He said, Lord, to whom shall we go in verse 68? He says, you have the words of eternal life. And to add to that, he says, also, we have come to believe and know That you are the Christ, the son of the living God. He saw Jesus the right way. He saw Jesus as the son of the living God. He saw value in what Jesus offered and what Jesus taught and what Jesus says. He says that your words, what you teach us, Jesus, it leads to eternal life. And I want to tell you on today, until you see Jesus as the son of the living God, you will think there are other options. 
Until you see him as the supreme being and the authority of your life, you will think there are other options. Until you start until you start seeing him as your savior and not just your savior, because I believe a lot of people don't have a problem seeing him as a savior because everybody wants to go to heaven. But you have to see him not only as a savior, but you have to see him as Lord of your life. Until you start seeing him that way, you'll think there are other options. Until you put Jesus in a category all by himself, you will think there are other options. Because a lot of times we have bad theology and we have been taught wrong. Because we have been taught that Jesus should be at the top of our list with all of these other things. I came to tell you on today that no, Jesus should be by himself separate above all things. And until you do that. You're going to see other options. If you do not put Jesus on the throne of your heart where he belongs, you'll put other things there. Until you value his word, you'll continue to value other things more. You have to start seeing Jesus as greater to see him as the only option. You have to start believing without a doubt that he is who that he says he is and he will do exactly what his word will do. And if you will do that, then he will be your only option. We have got to get to the point where we allow the Holy Spirit to work on our hearts and to open our eyes and give us revelation that the only option in this life and the next life is Jesus. The only option, listen to me, the only option that is going to make you whole on today. And what I mean by whole, it means that you're good not only on the outside, but you're good on the inside. The only option that will make you whole is Jesus. There are no other options. None of the options that we keep trying can really do what needs to be done. All of these options that you keep trying besides Jesus They could not deliver. How do I know? Because if they could, our life would be so much better. The world tells us that all of these options are out there and they tell us to try all of these options. I'm telling you right now, the world is lying to us and we should know it by just looking around. If everybody is trying all of these options that the world tells them to try, wouldn't the world be in such a better place? Wouldn't the world be so perfect? But when I look around, all I see is evil. It seems like every single day we see the work of the enemy and society. So what we should be able to see is, is that all of these other options are a lie. They told us that money was an option. That's what they told us. But I guarantee you, for many of you sitting in here, you've made more money than you ever have. Has it worked? Has it been enough? They told you that accomplishments would do it. Some of you have accomplished great things, whether you believe it or not. You have accomplished a lot of things in your life. But what have those accomplishments really done? They've lasted for a while. They made you feel good for a while. But it's like a drug. You have to keep having more and more and more. The world told you that it was an option. Do what you want to do. Religion is just a means of control. Do it. You're grown enough. You're free. You did it. But how did that turn out? You did what you wanted to do. But how did it turn out? 
All of these options are a lie. Jesus is the only option. And I believe that some of us right now, we're confused and we're about to lose our mind and we don't know which way is up. And we're just all over the place because we're trying all of these different options. If this option doesn't work, we run to the next option. If that option doesn't work, we run to the next option. And what it has started to produce, it has started to just produce a cycle of one bad option after the other and a cycle of disappointment. And I believe that on today that some of us are exhausted. You're wondering why you're tired. And I'm not just talking about a physical tiredness, but you're tired in your soul. I believe that it's because we're trying a lot of different options. We're suffering from something they call decision fatigue. Can I tell you what that is? This is what it is. Making decisions day in and day out, whether they are as easy as picking a route home from work or as difficult as navigating a once in a lifetime pandemic can be exhausting and cause people to feel overwhelmed, anxious or stressed. This is decision fatigue. It is a state of mental overload that can impede a person's ability to continue making decisions. It's also known as option fatigue, where we become overwhelmed by all of the options. Can I tell you all something on today? Studies have shown that having too many options, it's actually not a good thing. It says that when we have too many options, we actually end up making bad choices. So it is proven that in order for us to make better choices and make better decisions, you have to reduce your number of options. That is why I came to True Life Fellowship Church to tell you and to reduce your options. Jesus is the only option. There is no option better than Jesus. There is no option better than Jesus. Why do I say that? Because Jesus is a savior. There's no better option than a savior. Jesus, he is a creator. Jesus, he has all power in his hands. It says at the name of Jesus, demons tremble. You serve a God who is able and he can do anything but fail. You have a savior in your corner who can do the impossible. He can heal your body. He can heal the sick and raise the dead. That is the Savior that you serve. There is no other option better than Jesus. Your family, your future, and your soul is way too important to be leaving it in the hands of inferior options. Jesus is the only option. Whatever you need, it is found in Jesus. Whatever you need, Jesus desires to give it to you on today. Jesus loves you. He cares for you. 
He died for you. And for someone who loves me that much, I'll trust him with my life. I don't believe there's a better option than someone who died on the cross and death could not hold him down. But he got up on the third day. And if death could not defeat him, I don't think there's anything in this life or the next that is more powerful than Jesus. Jesus is the only option. Whatever the world is telling you on today, whatever the enemy is telling you on today, Whatever your feelings are telling you on today, I'm telling you that the only option is Jesus. We've tried everything else. Now it's time to try Jesus. And this is what I believe. I, I'm very confident in saying this. That if you'll try Jesus, if you'll see him as the only option, your life will never be the same. If you'll try him, what do I mean by try him? It's no longer doing things your way. but it's doing things his way. It's doing things according to God's word. Submitting your life to him. Being the husband, not that you want to be, but he wants you to be. Being the wife that he wants you to be. Being the father, being the mother, being the friend that he wants you to be. That's trying Jesus. And if you will try Jesus, if you will see him as the only option. Whatever you need, he will do because he loves you that much. You have been listening to the ministry of Devon Alexander, pastor of True Life Fellowship Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more information, go to our website at www.truelifefc.org. You can also support this ministry financially through our website. Thank you, and remember to love, learn, live, and lead. Thank you.